Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter and welcome to this special day at Boiling Springs Baptist Church and around the world. Uh, we are glad that you have chosen to worship with us on this Easter Sunday morning at Boiling Springs Baptist. Uh, if you are a guest, we welcome you. We are glad that you are here with us today. Uh, we hope to get to know you more. would invite everyone to join with me in this brief responsive reading uh, call to worship as we prepare uh, for our worship this morning. Christ is risen. Christ is risen.
my goodness, look at all these dressed up little boys and girls. Y'all are looking sharp today. I want to talk to you about this week just a little bit. We know what today is, don't we? It's Easter. But we went up toward Easter. We need to think about what happened this week. Can somebody tell me things that might have happened this week? What was last Sunday? Uh, when, when Easter Bunny came. The Easter Bunny came today, didn't he? Yeah. But last Sunday, what did we do? We waved the palms in excitement over Jesus. And Jesus was riding in on a donkey. When when, when, when Jesus riding on the donkey. He did that last Sunday when we waved the palms. You remember walking around in a circle? Well, I want to talk to you today about your heart. And our basket today is sort of going to be our heart. And... It's full of things sometimes we don't do very good. Can you think of something this week maybe that you didn't do that was very good and mommy might have fussed at you? Oh, we're all thinking, "Mm, yeah, we've got some things, don't we? Yeah. Well, we're going to let them be, yep, don't doubt it. We're going to let them be a rock. When you did something bad this week, this is your rock. It's going into my basket. No. Yes. And this is something you might have done wrong that's going into my basket. And maybe this might be something James did that might not be so good and made his mom and dad mad. And it's going in our basket. All these rocks are going in our basket. And our basket just gets heavier and heavier. But then something happened this week and Jesus was crucified what? and he died for us. And I want to read a scripture for us, okay? All right, you just hold on and listen, okay? You got it? Okay, I'm gonna read Matthew 26, 28 and said, this is my blood. It is poured out to forgive everything that you did wrong and it's going to make things better. So this is what happened all week. Nuh-uh. Shh, just a minute. I'll give you Then we had this morning. And what happened this morning? He just died on no, the cross. No, he died on the cross. But what did he do this morning? He, he, he rose. And what happened when he rose? He, he forgave all our wrongdoings. And, 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 he, and he get up. And he got up. That's exactly right. So now our load is really light because you know what he did? He forgave us. How that happen? He forgave us. But how that happen? Because we love him. And because that's what he was supposed to do. He was supposed to die for us and forgive all our sins. And then today is happy day because we're forgiven. And because he loves us, this is a sweet day. Nope, not a sweet day. I think it is. I think it's a joyful day. It's a happy day. Shh, just a minute, okay? I got a prize. It's a happy day. It's a joyful day. Christ the Lord is risen today. And I want to read you one more verse, just a short one. And it says... I will take a, I will give you new hearts. I will give you a new spirit that is faithful to me. I will give you hearts that obey. So remember, all week and all year, everything that we did that wasn't always good, <clears throat> that we forgot to ask God to forgive us for, today is the day He lifts our load, takes away and gives us a joyful heart. Can you remember that? Today is a sweet day. Jesus is alive. All right, let's pray. Jesus, today is your day. Loving you just fills our hearts. We know, Lord, that you have come and our hearts are not heavy. 
Lord, we thank you for these children, their excitement for life, and their joy in being a part of your life and your world. Thank you, Lord, for giving them to us and to their families. We thank you, Lord, for this church and for the blessings it gives for many. It's in Jesus' name that we say, Amen. All right, I have something sweet. You have to be good when you go back to your seat. Can we do that? Thank you, Ellen. What a great children's sermon. As, Ellen, as Alan said earlier at the beginning of our service, I want to welcome you once again to Bowling Springs Baptist, and we are glad, so glad, that you have chosen to worship here on Easter Sunday. I will be available in the vestibule and would love an opportunity. If you are here today for the first time, I would love an opportunity to meet you and get to know you a little bit more following our time of worship today. This is a good bunch here at Boiling Springs, and uh, if you are looking for a new church home, we hope that you will come back and join us next Sunday and all the Sundays after that as well. But uh, please know that, again that you are welcome. Also next Sunday, I want to mention this before I pray today, but uh, next Sunday I'll be beginning a new sermon series called Family Resemblance. And as I look out across the congregation this morning and as I see some family that have come in from out of town in pretty much every area of the church, uh, we are grateful again that I know your family is as well that you are here. But in 1 John, we begin to see some characteristics of what God's children looks like. We may all be different sizes and shades and tones and, and uh, different uh, heights and, and, and things like that. But nevertheless, what does it look like for God's children? What is this family resemblance among God's people? And so we'll be looking at that over the next few Sundays and would invite you to be a part of those special services. Also, uh, we are preparing, many in the church, for a trip to Guatemala in August, and we still have open spots for that, and I certainly want to take advantage of this time today with you being here, and just to say, encourage you to pray about that and think about that, and uh, talk with me if that would be of interest to you. The date of that trip is August the 4th through the 11th, and we still have just a few spots available should you have an interest in that. Thinking about our prayer time this morning, we have several that we need to uh, be mindful of that I want to mention specifically. Uh, first of all, Jane Stroud. Many of you have been praying for Jane. Jane is at Duke and has recently had a lung transplant. Uh, she is overall doing well, but continues, as you might imagine, to have a few little ups and downs. And so continue to remember Jane and Charles and uh, the family at this time. Also, uh, we are glad to have uh, Lila Voles with us this morning earlier, and she had her tonsils out this week, and we are glad that uh, things are going okay there, but she continues to have some pain, and so we want to pray for Miss Lila. And then Reed Murray uh, is uh, spending just a few nights at hospice. He should be returning home on Tuesday, but be in prayer for Reed and Irene during this time. And we also want to remember Jerry Green as well, as he continues to, to struggle, and we just pray for the Lord's hand on his life. And then last, I want to mention uh, Grant Lale. This is the son of Eric and Brittany Lale, the grandson of Barbara. Uh, little uh, Grant is not feeling well at all and has a high temperature for the last few days. And so we want to be in prayer uh, that God would touch his body this morning. We want to rejoice this week with a, a new addition of, uh, to the Hamrick uh, household. And I have to be specific when I say Hamrick here, don't I? Um, but Allison and John Michael, and uh, have the new edition of Cooper Blaine, and I think I'm saying that right, but um, we uh, rejoice uh, with them and with grandparents Dale and Rhonda Hamrick. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Almighty God, we're grateful for this day, the significance of this day, but we know that, Father, the rejoicing of Easter morning, there was a lot of sacrifice and a lot of pain that took place over these last few days. That sacrifice, that great sacrifice, Lord, was done for the forgiveness of the sins, of my sins, of our sins, and the sins of the world. And Father, we're grateful that as you lie in the tomb, that Father, that you didn't stay there, but Lord, on the third day, you were risen. Like that angel, the man in white, the robe in white that we read about in scripture, Father was telling the three women that arrived to the tomb early that morning, he is not here, he has risen. And God, we're grateful for not only the abundant life that you choose to give us on this side, but Lord, we're grateful that you have risen and because you have risen, we are victorious over sin and over the grave and over death. Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we come to you this morning, God, lifting up these whose names we've mentioned, for these who are struggling physically, who need to be reminded of the care of the great shepherd. Father, we pray that you would walk alongside of each of them 
in the midst of their valleys. Father, we pray that you would heal little Grant and heal, heal him of this temperature. Continue to strengthen Jane as she recovers from this lung transplant. She has a long road ahead. And Father, we pray for your healing touch and strength in her life and in her family. Father, we know of other concerns, many of which go unmentioned. They may be too private or personal to share. But Father, we know that you care about your children. And Father, help us to do what we can to lift one another up in prayer, to encourage one another to be the people that you have called us to be. Father, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for the missionaries, both here at home and overseas, who are serving, who are loving, who are caring, who are communicating the message and the love of Jesus Christ. We pray that you would provide for their needs and Father, you would bless them with fruitful ministries. Lord, bless us now as we continue to sing, pray, read, and as your word is preached today. Stir within each of us, Father. You know what's going on in our lives, and Father, we give you full permission to have your will within our hearts and within our minds. Help us to leave different than when we came in because of the risen Christ. It's in his name we pray, amen. I want to take this opportunity to remind you that at the close of the service today, as is our tradition, we'll be singing the Hallelujah Chorus. If you would like to join us in singing that, we ask that you come up during the last hymn, the closing hymn of the service, so that we can immediately go into the Hallelujah Chorus following the benediction. So at the last hymn, if you'll come forward, we have music for you up here. Our hymn at this time is hymn number 207, Low in the Grave He Lay, 207. If you are able, please stand and join in singing. there will be a video shown that depicts radical hospitality that is demonstrated by our missionaries to migrants from all over the world. 
Our home missions offering goal at Boiling Springs Baptist is $4,000, and we have received $1,145 of that goal thus far. In gathering is next Sunday, April the 8th, during the morning worship. As you consider your offering to home missions, refer to what scripture tells us. Don't give out of obligation. Do give joyfully. And do give what the Holy Spirit directs you to give. Join me in prayer. Father, thank you for the joy of Easter Sunday. In response to that joy, help us to be grateful with our tithes and offerings. In all these things we ask thee. Amen. You create beloved community when you welcome a neighbor. You set a place at the table. You offer radical hospitality. You seek justice and reconciliation for all. When you give, this is the community you become a part of. Danville, Virginia is a great city, but it's a city that needs a lot of love too. It's a city where the, the unemployment and poverty rates are anywhere from two to two and a half times the state and national averages. It's a city with a significant challenge around chronic and long-term homelessness. We're still fighting those today. We're still trying to find a way to, to remedy those and to help people to rebuild the city that we love. Grace of Maine is an intentional Christian community that has uh, devoted itself to the work of hospitality, simplicity, nonviolence, prayer, and grassroots level community development. Our mission is a mission of radical hospitality. We also open our tables to our neighbors. Eating together is how we're able to build relationships with people. We operate a network of hospitality houses spread out throughout the city where folks can find a place to be, to stay, to eat, to use the bathroom or take a shower or even just sit on a couch in the air conditioning or the heat. It's hard to explain this little community. People can come here and not worry about how their week was. They can come and they get food and friendship. The urban farm is located in a part of our city that's considered a food desert. Food for people is important. It's not just substance, it's life. We don't want these relationships with the broken power dynamic where one side is the caregiver and one side is the care recipient. The practice of cultivating beloved community, it is about reconciliation. We are reconciling ourselves not only to each other, but to God and to the world. This work of creating beloved community is work we must do together, and it doesn't happen without you. How will you set a place at the table? Give to the offering for global missions. Reading from the Gospel of John. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings, wrappings lying there but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, 
They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told him that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they went to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the door of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone was rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were amazed. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee, there you will see him as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, 
for trembling and astonishment had come upon them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Amen. Thank you, Malcolm, and thank you, choir and musicians. Wow. Today is Easter Sunday, the biggest day of the church year. We have made, uh, many have extra uh, special plans today. Some of you, like I said, are here from out of town. Uh, many parents have made sure, as we have seen this morning, that the little ones have on some kind of new Easter outfit, and uh, it's, just a, it's just a special day. There's been a lot of conversation taking place before worship today, maybe even there at the beginning of worship, as we usually have. And many of you will stay and have those conversations following our time of worship. If we're not careful, we could think that all is well. We certainly have great things to celebrate today, not only the resurrection of our Savior, that we serve a risen Lord, and we have hope not only for this life, but hope for the next. But if we're honest with each other, and we don't typically like to be real honest before church or after church, but maybe in other settings we might tend to share a little bit more. But we, if we are honest, we all, just at first glance, everything appears to be okay. But if we're honest, we would share about some things that aren't okay for us right now. Truth be told, many in the room and also those watching by DVD are either currently in the midst of a storm or going through a difficult time, or you know of someone who is going through that difficult time. Tough days, we all have them. Some are worse than others, like the one hard hat employee reported on his accident form when he tried to be helpful. You may have heard this before. He wrote, when I, got the, when I got to the building, I found that the hurricane had knocked off some of the bricks around the top. So I rigged up a beam with a pulley at the top of the building and hoisted up a couple of barrels full of bricks. When I had fixed the damaged area, there were lots of bricks left over. So then I went to the bottom and began releasing the line. But unfortunately, the barrel of bricks was much heavier than I was. And before I knew what was happening, the barrel started coming down and I started going up. I decided to hang on since I was too far off the ground by then to jump. And halfway up, I met the barrel of bricks coming down fast. I received a hard blow on my shoulder. I then continued to the top, banging my head against the beam and getting my fingers pinched and jammed in the pulley. When the barrel hit the ground, it burst its bottom, allowing the bricks to spill out, which I was now heavier than the barrel. So I started down again at high speed. Halfway down, I met the barrel coming up fast and received severe injuries to my shins. When I hit the ground, I landed on the pile of spilled bricks, getting several painful cuts and deep bruises. And at this point, I must have lost my presence of mind because I, 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 I let go of my grip on the line. And the barrel came down fast, giving me another blow on my head and putting me in the hospital. So he then wrote at the end of his letter, due to the situation mentioned above, I respectfully request sick leave. <laughs> Do you ever feel like this hard hat employee I've mentioned today, we come together and it's a great day and we're just feeling good. We've had some good music and, and we just praise the Lord, certainly for, his, for the resurrected Savior. But do you ever feel like this hard hat employee? You're going through life and things just keep hitting you from all different directions. Some of you may feel like that this morning. You're trying to do what's right, but it seems like life keeps throwing you some punches and right now they're hitting pretty hard. And like I said, if you can't relate to this, I'm sure you know of someone who can. I've heard the following statement and I firmly believe it is that we are either just coming out of a storm, in a storm, or getting ready to go into a storm. And for those of you who've lived longer than I can, you can often give testimony of how true that statement is. Most of us in the room have lived long enough to live through some tough stuff and some tough days. As I've been here now at Boiling Springs, this June will be three years, I know some of your tough stuff. We've walked together through some tough stuff. And if your tough stuff happened before I came, I've heard about those difficult days. But we learn to live through the tough stuff. We learn, first of all, that if, if it's not that tough, we can get through it on our own and we can manage, we can deal with some things on our own. But if it gets too tough, then we have to resort to friends, our church family, maybe our Sunday school class, maybe it's the relationships in the choir, maybe it's the relationships with you have with the, the people that sit near you and worship. But there's some tough things that we can get through if we have the help of others. But then we've also learned that there's some tough stuff 
that for our friends, our church family, and our doctors simply can't, simply can't help us with. What do we do then? In Mark's account that Malcolm read of the resurrection, we have three women headed to the tomb. And in verse three of chapter 16, they are saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Three women going to a tomb, and verse four says it's a very large stone. Matthew, the first place that this stone is mentioned in the New Testament, Matthew 27, 60, Matthew's account says that they placed Jesus' Jesus's body was placed in the tomb. Joseph of Arimathea rolls a large stone against the entrance to the tomb. In Mark 16, many, okay, well, maybe most, felt like this is it. The great things that Jesus said, the great things that Jesus did, he now is dead and in a tomb. Early in the morning following Sabbath, three women walk to the tomb, not knowing how they will roll away the large stone, but knowing fully and not knowing either fully the precautions that both the Jews and the Romans had taken to prevent the stone's removal. They walked to the tomb not knowing, again, how they were gonna roll away the stone. They were talking about it on the way. And what do they find? They find that a large stone guarded by soldiers to prevent its removal had been rolled away. And inside the tomb, they find an angel. Mark, uh, different gospels describe it in different ways. Some describe it as a man in a white robe, but we, uh, for the most part, see it as an angel who says to them, do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who has been crucified. He has risen. He is not here. This last week, some of you read an article that I wrote where I was writing about the size of stones. I shared that as a young boy, and many of you can relate to this, whether boy or girl, you, uh, you find yourself by a lake or a stream or often eight and nine enjoy going down to the broad river, and you can often find stones there. You can't find any stones around the lake at Garden Web. It just doesn't work out too well there, but uh, especially around streams, you can find some small stones, and it's great. You can really skip them well if you get down in the water. Now, I haven't been doing a lot of that in the broad river, but nevertheless, you get as close as you can to the level of the water, and you rear back, and you can flick that stone with your wrist, and it kind of takes an art. Some of you maybe you're still working on that skipping, that stone skipping. But yet as a boy, I love skipping stones. Small stones, you can take them and you can throw them and you can move them quite easily. But when it gets to larger stones, you can still move those as well with some help. You can get some help together if you've got a stone in the wrong place of some grading that you're doing. For those of you who are, are uh, working with bulldozers and things like that, you get help from the bulldozer, you get help from friends, and you can move those stones that are a little bit larger, that are more difficult. But then we come across some stones that are just simply too large, stones that cannot be moved. If we can all be honest, we all have a few stones in our lives right now. Our trials and our burdens are a lot like stones. Some of these are small and we can deal with these on our own. And as I said earlier, others are a little bit larger and we can deal with those. And we are grateful to have the help of friends and family, churches, doctor, community people, resources, whatever those resources may be to help us with these stones that are a little bit larger. But what about the stones that appear to be too large to remove even with the best help available? Stones like a marriage that is struggling and is almost over. Stones like a wayward child that we've been praying for for a long time and we still haven't seen the answer to our prayers. What about the stone of guilt from a past mistake that we just simply can't let go of? What about the recent diagnosis from a doctor? News that we didn't wanna hear, news that was difficult to share with loved ones. If we can acknowledge that the stone is too large for us, we have taken the first step toward its removal. That's difficult for us to do, isn't it? It's difficult for us to say to even a close friend or even to somebody maybe in our family at times, look, I'm struggling here, I need some help. But the first step towards the removal of the stone is to acknowledge both to friends and family and church, community, to God, we're dealing with some pretty big stones. I know many of you well enough to know that you've had some large, that there are some large stones with us today. Large stones that can't be removed unless God steps in with his stone removal service and moves the stones. Your stone could be health related. It could be again a relationship issue. It could, maybe your large stone again is guilt. 
Maybe it's the issue with a friend or a coworker. I don't know what your stone is today, but I believe most of us have at least one or more stones. If you don't have one, again, you probably know of someone who's going through a difficult situation. Some of you today need God's stone removal services to come and help you to remove this stone. You've tried every possible means. You've exhausted all your resources to remove the stone, but you can't move it. If these women who were walking to the tomb that morning had thought about every single detail of how the stone was going to be removed, they would have stayed where they were and they would not have walked toward the tomb. They didn't know how the stone was going to be removed, yet they continued toward it and they went anyway. The message or the word for us today, church, is we don't know how things are going to play out with our stones, but we keep walking towards Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who lived, who died, and who rose again. We don't have all the answers, but we keep walking and we keep looking to him, saying, God, I am hopeless without you. I have no answers without you. I've tried it on my own, and now I lay all of me at your feet, take control of my life. God, I have nothing else. I trust you. That's a very vulnerable place. We can't experience, we can't begin to experience all that God has for us until we get to that place where we say, God, I've tried it. My friends have helped, the resources have helped me, but I am yours and I lay this situation at your feet. When we do that, it may turn out the way we want. God may intervene and perform a miracle. He may not answer the prayer exactly like we had hoped, but nevertheless, it's important for us to give whatever that stone is to God. There was an an unmovable stone in the way of God's friendship or his relationship with us, the stone of human blindness and hardened hearts and human sin. We could do absolutely nothing about it on our own. He met us in the midst of this unmovable stone. He met us in the midst of our sin by sending us Jesus. And in doing so, he removed the stone that separated us from him. He moved what was immovable for us. Let me say that again. He moved what was immovable for us. Let me ask you a question, church. Can you look back over your life, whether recent or the last few years, and give testimony to God's stone removal services? Some of you can. Again, I know your stories. And you've shared that testimony with me of how God helped you physically, how God helped you either with cancer, maybe God helped you with a relationship that's been restored. And you, this morning, could you give testimony, you would certainly do that, of how God moved and worked and answered your prayer. We could do absolutely nothing about this stone that separated us from God, but God met us where we were. God meets us where we are and he meets us with Jesus. In Ephesians, Paul reminds us that we cannot work our way to God. He says, but God is so rich in mercy that he loved us so very much. He says in verse five of Ephesians two, that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's special favor that you and I have been saved and have a relationship with him. God saved you by a special favor when you believed and you can't take credit for this. The scripture tells us it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Words of hope, words of life from Paul in Ephesians 2. John 3.16, a verse that many of us know by heart. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, or begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Words of hope, again, words of life, good news from the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wanna let you know this morning that wherever you are with your storm or your stone today, there is hope. And why is there hope? There is hope because of what God has done for you and for me through his son, Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 8, Paul reminds us that God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's a poem by a lady named Annie Johnson Flint. This is not the entirety of it, but it's a portion of it. And she writes, if the Christ who died had stopped at the cross, his work would have been incomplete. If the Christ who was buried had stayed in the tomb, he would have only known defeat. But the way of the cross never stops at the cross and the way of the tomb leads on to victorious grace and the heavenly place where the risen Lord has gone. 
I ask you a question, are you stuck at the cross today? Do you need to be reminded of what the poem says that the way of the tomb leads on? Listen to this quote. My life is but a weaving between my Lord and me. I cannot choose the colors that he worketh steadily. Oftentimes he weaveth sorrow and I in foolish pride forget. He sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle ceases to fly shall God unroll the canvas and explain the reason why. Isn't that the question that we have when we're dealing with these big immovable stones that we're talking about this morning? That's the number one question we have. Sometimes we get that answer on this side and at other times we'll have to wait till we see Jesus to have the answer to that why. I can't answer the the question of the why regarding your stone today, but I hear the spirit of God calling each of us to trust him fully, to walk in his path, to know that he is truly a good shepherd. Things may not be that good for you right now, but I am thankful that we truly do serve a good shepherd. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We are perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. Through suffering, these bodies of ours constantly share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Church this morning, I don't know, we have many guests here today and family members that I don't know that well, but I want you to know this. I want you to know that God is pursuing you today. He's pursuing us each and every day. He tries to get our attention oftentimes through nature, sometimes through other friends, through the reading of his word, through the preaching and services and different opportunities that we have for worship. But I want you to know one thing, if you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to know that God loves you, that God has a plan for your life, and he wants to do great things in you and through you today. But some of you may feel like, well, Keith, I know Jesus. I've trusted in him at a young age, or maybe I've come to know him recently, but I'm just going through some tough stuff, and I'm asking a lot of whys. And I want you to know that God loves you in the midst of your questions. God loves you in the midst of your doubts. He's still calling you and pursuing you and desiring to have that relationship with you, even in the midst of your imperfections and your flaws. What is your stone today? Is that stone for you? Maybe you've never trusted, maybe you've never put your, committed your life to Christ. In just a moment, we're gonna have a hymn of invitation. And if you've never done that, I would love more than anything to talk with you about what it means to know and to walk with Jesus Christ and experience him in your life as your Lord and Savior. Please come and I would love to talk with you about that. If you're here today and maybe there's just some things going on in your life right now that you've got some stones and maybe you've been depending on the world's resources and your friends and family to help solve the stone, but yet the gentle and and clear reminder this morning to simply give that stone to the Lord is something that you have not yet done. And so I challenge you, You can come forward and pray. There's a kneeling bench here. You can pray in your seat where you are. But I want to encourage you and challenge you and urge you today to give that stone, whatever that may be, to the Lord. There may be some here today that um, haven't followed through with believer's baptism. Maybe you've trusted in Christ and you've never taken that next step to let the world know that you have put your faith and trust in him. And I would love to talk with you about that as well. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, just for the wonderful music, the the prayers, the children, Lord, all the different events of this morning. Father, it's been a, a glorious time. God, we come to you today and we have read, Father, what is truly good news? That your son who was beaten, who was first arrested and beaten and placed and killed and crucified, placed in a tomb, rose again on the third day. And because of that, we have victory over sin and over death. But Lord, not only have you forgiven our sins and cleansed us and you're pursuing us to live in relationship with you, Father, help us to look to you in the midst of our daily struggles, in the midst of the stones that we deal with each and every day. Father, help us to do what is often difficult to do. And that's to confess to others and most of all to you that Father, we need your intervention. Just like you called the disciples, as we talked about earlier at sunrise, to come and follow you, that invitation still stands for each of us in this place today. Father, help us to follow you, help us to look to you, 
and help us to do what is most difficult at times, and that's to trust in you. Speak to our hearts as we stand and sing. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna sing Crown Him with Many Crowns, hymn number 223. If the Lord has spoken to you today, I would love to talk with you more about what it means to know Christ and to follow Christ. The altar is open to pray. And near the end of this hymn, we invite you to come up and join in the choir if you would desire to sing the Hallelujah Chorus. Let's stand and sing together. close us in a word of prayer, but following the player, please remain standing as we sing, or the choir sings, I'm not singing, the hallelujah chorus. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we serve a risen Savior. Father, bless us each as we go from this place, and Lord, hear our praises as we sing hallelujah. Amen.